Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dead Jester Productions podcast, episode 48. I'm your host, Josh, or Jay Moskers, and today I'm joined by Wolf and Mihai from Wolf Brothers Cinema. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you guys so much for being here. Yeah, so you guys have Wolf Brothers Cinema. Why don't you explain to people a little bit about what it is you guys do and and what you have going on? Uh, Well, we're two brothers uh, working uh, together to bring you stories. Uh, cinematic experiences, uh, short, sweet, pocket-sized films that you can enjoy on the way to work, on a break, on your favorite comfy chair. Uh, we are uh, two uh, two people production company, uh, and uh, we split the work between us equally. And everything you see on the screen is made with our two hands. Nice. So how did you guys go about actually like, I guess, starting up in this sort of field? Like it was it a slow buildup of something like you were interested in it. So you got your first camera and then you just kind of build up your uh, your supplies and uh, I guess knowledge on it from there. Like, how did you guys get into it? It it all kind of started when we wanted to tell stories to one another. We always loved um watching movies and then talking about them, what we, we would do in our own versions and all, mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. Like any kids do, you know, yeah. they uh, imagine adventures and stuff like that. We grew up with movies and uh, we basically liked making each other laugh and tell, telling stories to each other. Uh, my brother uh, first started making uh, movies. He made a... Uh, parody of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, using, using, using yeah, using uh, some friends. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and as as you do, <laughs> as you start, <laughs> and it it all kind of escalated from there because we we shared it, people liked it, we wanted to do more, but we also wanted to do some original stuff, mm-hmm. and that's basically how it all began. We just said, okay, let's let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. What would you? How, like, what would you tell someone looking to get into it, into making films? Like, what would, where would you tell them to start to, to kind of get their foot in the door? Uh, well, first of all, you need to, to like stories. Uh, mm. it's, it's not so much about the medium itself. I mean, if you've grown okay. up reading books uh, or being read to, you know, when your parents read you bedtime stories, if you love that experience and you would like other people to share that experience that, that you had, uh, yeah. that's the greatest starting point. Uh, the camera, yeah. the lights, uh, all the fancy gimmicks, those are just uh, aids yeah, that, help yeah. you. that help you create that experience. But it's about okay. the experience itself, what mm-hmm. emotions you want to convey or, or an idea or an information through your work mm-hmm. okay yeah we had a we had a guest on a number of months ago his name was phil from arc media um and mm-hmm. he has a, a studio and they took about it in like an interesting way in that they would actually go to like uh whoever it was they were meeting with and say hey what is what what is the market requesting like they wouldn't even, they would ask if they needed like a horror film or like an action adventure and they would ask what the market was asking for like what was what there was space for and they would base their script and production off of there which i found to be interesting it seemed 
like kind of backwards almost, you know, like I would go into it thinking like, oh, this is something I have an idea for. This is what I want to make. How can we, mm-hmm. how can we market this as opposed to the other way around? Uh, it, but you it's guys, more focused, go ahead. yeah, it's more focused on trying to make sure that the movie lands, you know, with, mm-hmm. with the audience more than actually making something that is more, um, your own personal vision on it. Yeah. Which is perfectly fine. I mean, yeah. it's it's a way of, of doing it. That That's the beauty of filmmaking, the fact that you mm-hmm. can take an idea and uh, present it and create it in so many different ways. Yeah. What I guess, what, what's been one of the challenges you guys have had to face uh, getting your, your films made and, and kind of coming up in the, in the market? It depends from project to project, really. Uh, for example, for our uh, steampunk series, uh, Cities mm-hmm. in the Air, yeah. uh, one of the challenges of our last shoot uh, was uh, actually the wind. Uh, mm. We had uh, this, we were filming in the middle of a field and it was, I don't know, something like code yellow, which is very, very high for, for wind speed. Okay. Uh, and, and it was, it was hilarious. I mean, Mary Poppins couldn't get through that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was actually funny. At one point we were ready to shoot. We put the camera on a tripod. Mm-hmm. We got in positions. We were okay. Now let's, let's act the scene. And my bro turns and he's like, where's our camera? Our camera <laughs> was blown away a little <laughs> bit by the wind it was <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious and frustrating at the moment difficult but yeah. you know it, it comes with the job thankfully mm, the camera was safe the camera ended up in some <laughs> grass so everything's all right yeah the weather is yeah. the one thing you you can't control unfortunately you have to kind of schedule as best you can but you do yeah, but you get it, it, it can also work uh, for you. Uh, we had mm-hmm. uh, scenes and moments in which uh, the the weather or the way the uh, sunlight was hitting a certain spot on the set that really worked nicely for us. Yeah, uh, we, we kind of like to adapt to these little, um, let's say, inconsistent weather patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a we were trying to film something uh, for a, a YouTube video we were going to make maybe a year ago now. I forget exactly when it was. And we were going to get a drone shot for it. And we went out and I, the drone took off. And within 10 seconds, it got pushed. It, this huge, it was nice and calm. And then all of a sudden, this huge gust of wind came up. And it took the drone and put it right at the top of this giant tree nearby. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. And we were filming on the property I lived at. And I have this big wide open area. And there there's just these three trees on the edge of the property. And it just happened to blow it right into the top of the one tree. And... <laughs> The, we had a great video of of from the drone of it happening um and then we had i don't know maybe 45 50 minutes of a video of the drone stuck in the tree and i'm getting like ladders out i have this long like pole saw i'm using to to try and like hook the the wing of the the drone and try and get it out of the branches it was a it was an absolute disaster <laughs> Uh, we we relate to that. We, yeah. we definitely had some moments like that. At one point, we we made a <laughs> Doctor Who fan film, and mm-hmm. uh, my brother was playing the eleventh Doctor, and it was very important for the scene that he was on a roof somewhere, mm-hmm. and we had permission to go to the roof of the the building, but we didn't have access. There um, were no actual ladders taking us there. The building was very old. Most ladders okay. were were not very safe. <laughs> So we kind of did a bit of Assassin's Creed on it. <laughs> nice. You know, we, we placed a ladder on top of a shaky table and I had to <laughs> jump in order to, to yeah. reach the ledge. It was scary, but fun. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know if you guys remember. It was, I think it was either, no, it wasn't last year. It might have been two years ago. It, and it might have been different where you're at as well. We had the the big solar eclipse that came over. And everyone mm-hmm, wanted mm-hmm. to get on top of, like, we, we worked at a three-story building. And everyone wanted to get up onto the roof to uh to view it we all had our everyone had their glasses and everything and we have a, a latch on the third floor where there uh you get up onto the roof but there's no ladder and so we had to we, we did the same sort of thing where we put a we just we didn't have any ladders or anything so we just stacked chairs on top of a like one of those folding tables and we used that <laughs> to get up to the latch and then carefully got onto the roof and then once we were all up there we were thinking Oh well, how do we get back down now? Everybody's up here. <laughs> yeah. oh, man, man. Man, so, so, someone needs to capitalize on this. Like, make a ladder company dedicated to this situation. Exactly. For filmmakers, <laughs> you you have filmmaker blood in you. Uh, we can tell. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, situations like that are are always interesting when you're you you can plan for everything, but you know ev- something is going to go wrong, and you have to be ready at a moment's notice to uh to make sure everything goes off as smoothly as possible. Yeah, we, we had uh, plenty of moments like that. We we had um, malfunctioning equipment on the set. Uh, a, tripod, a, a tripod broke at one point and we had to improvise. Uh, we, have, we, have, we had to use a scarf to basically hold the leg properly. And, yeah, yeah, it worked. It was, it, <laughs> yeah. yeah no, none the wiser. Yeah. What, when you guys have ideas... Are you, how, how, I guess I'll rephrase this. How frequently are you coming up with ideas that aren't making it onto film? Like you're, you're brainstorming them, but then you decide at the last minute, maybe, Hey, maybe we won't roll with this right now. Do you have like a a sort of a back catalog of ideas that you maybe haven't, uh, progressed through the, 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 uh, the film process on? Yeah, constantly. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like (laughs) for us, uh, the seventh draft draft of a script is the mm-hmm. final version more or less? Yeah, okay. we have a lot of first draft of a lot of scripts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have, uh, for example, our, our last project, the the Lovecraft series, uh, Summer Silent, uh, okay. based on the the writings of H. P. Lovecraft, mm-hmm. uh, started out in a very odd way. One of our best friends, uh, Soprano, uh, who is also an actress, Juana Berbeck. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, rang us one day and she was like, uh, you know, I'm in the country for uh, two, three months. Can we film something? And we're like, well, we, we don't have anything ready. And she's like, write something up. And we're like, okay, okay let's, sure, let's, let's do that. And we, we did it on the fly. It was a, a very complicated project, a very small budget, $200, what we were oh, able geez. to scrounge up, and, and eight filming days. So. Nice. Yeah, we, we didn't have that idea before she called us. There you go. Nice. <laughs> you, mentioned, you mentioned eight film days. What's the longest project you've worked on? Like, how long has that taken as well? I'm it, still it, working on it. We, we yeah. still have some projects uh, that we started several years ago. Hmm. Uh, we, we are working. I'm not sure if we can say this about the musical. Uh, we're working on a musical. On a musical, okay. which uh, may or may not have started in 2012. Uh, so yeah, several projects like that. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Do you, have there ever been projects where you've, you maybe weren't sure exactly on, um, exactly where you wanted it to go, but you decided, Hey, let's start working on this and see kind of where inspiration takes us. Has there ever been something like that? Um, Yeah, I think so. Uh, we had at one point for a show, 
uh, we were working on, uh, Inspector Plutard. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. We had an episode, and on a document page, there was only one line. <laughs> a character stalls for time. That was the episode. <laughs> All right, nice. right. Now I remember what, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a comedy series. It's uh, sort of like a parody for uh, Poirot uh, by okay. Agatha Christie. Uh, and uh, we, exactly like uh, Mihai said, uh, we had just a single line, uh, character stalls for time, and we built <laughs> upon that. And it was hilarious. I think it's one it's of my favorite episodes. It's one of our episodes. favorite episodes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it just became crazier and Ridiculous, crazier. like like uh, parties <laughs> and seance and just a lot of fun goodness. Mm -hmm. If nice. you can imagine the whole mystery detective genre combined yeah. with comedic effects. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I find... So we, have a, we haven't been focusing on our, our YouTube channel much lately. We've just been really kind of... It's, it's difficult to film. We don't... My uh, co-host and I don't live terribly close by it's a couple hours away and yeah. along with the the lockdowns and covid and everything we're we kind of have uh, been careful about people meeting up and things like that so it, it's hard to film anything you know locally um but i know a lot of times too if if i have an idea and i'm not sure about you know uh, is it really something i want to make more often than not i just kind of go with it i get it done just to kind of see where it ends up you know like we had one that was conceal carry pillow which was kind of a spoof on infomercials and <laughs> it was we it's basically making fun of not only infomercials but people's at least in the environment i've grown up in people really love their guns here in america you know and mm -hmm. it's a spoof on people always having to have these giant assault rifles with them even when they're in bed because it makes them feel safer <laughs> and so we made i made a video like on that and i i think i recorded it over the course of like an hour and a half maybe or something i stopped home mm -hmm. for lunch from work one day and uh i filmed it and i knew it wasn't gonna be my highest my highest quality work but i wanted to put the idea out there as like kind of a feeler to see how people reacted to it and if i wanted to build upon it later on i would i would do so uh obviously not it's it's not as high intensity or, or it's not as um doesn't require as much of an investment as uh, like a tv show or, or a film um it was like i think it's only like a minute and a half something like that Mm -hmm. But I tend to find myself doing that a lot where if I have an idea and I'm not sure about it, I make it just as is. I present it, get feedback on it. And if I decide to improve upon it, redo it, something like that in the future, uh, I, I figure out if I want to do that. Have you ever thought about or have you ever done something in that regard where you put something out and then you thought, hey, maybe we'll revisit this at a later time when initially you thought maybe it was a one off thing? Uh, yeah, and uh, the, your technique is is very interesting, and mm. I, I kind of dig it. I, I really like uh, that idea. We, we should do that. Yeah. So is it copyrighted? <laughs> I mean, you can do whatever uh, you want with we, it. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, and uh, we 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 did that a few times, but we kind of layered the ideas as we were working on them. So, for example, okay. uh, we had. Uh, a challenge for ourselves. We we made a challenge for ourselves to to post one clip per day for a hundred days on our YouTube channel on Wolf Brothers Cinema, okay. and we managed to do that. And then after that, we took some ideas from those clips. Some of them were uh, kind of serious, kind of you mm -hmm. know drama oriented, but most of them were comedy. And we took ideas and characters from those comedy clips and made an, a show out of them. Mm -hmm. uh, 
with uh, revised scripts and uh, with improved jokes. And we made yeah. Sweater Vest and Regular Tie, which is now nice. at episode two. We're about to launch it. And uh, it, it worked wonders because people fell in love with those characters, even if the script wasn't as great. Uh, and now we can offer them a much more refined version of both their stories, the jokes, and them as character development. Yeah. No, that's exactly what I was referring to. Yeah, like we've we've thought about doing that with some of our things, even with our, the podcast here. Every episode, the description is like a, a medieval times sort of like adventure style description. Like, and uh, eventually we're building up to something with that because I do a lot of writing on the side. And I've been working all of our podcast descriptions into a story as well. And so we're working on putting something out like that. So it's, it's, it's a lot. We, we like taking the little pieces of what it is we've done and having it culminate into something bigger than the original parts, um, mm-hmm. which is, which is interesting. We understand um, that we relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever, I was going to ask you this. Have you ever heard of a movie called Code 8? Uh, I don't think so. It's, it's no. like a, it's like a science fiction movie where it's set in. I don't know if it's. I forget if it's a real city or not. But essentially, it's like low tier. Think of people with superpowers, but they're more like low tier. They have different. Mm-hmm. I think there's like, they. I think they assign them numbers. If I remember correctly, it's like oh, we got a a tier one or a tier five. However, like up one through five, and depending mm-hmm. on that tier is how powerful it is. Like some people have like slightly abnormal strength. Like they can pick up like steel beams stuff like that and so a lot of these people are being utilized in like day-to-day business like the story revolves around uh these group of a guy works at like a construction site and like so he has like minor electrical abilities so he's able to like wire stuff a little bit easier and you know they they kind of work it into everyday life um that started out as i think like a 10 minute youtube sort of style video and then they made a full-fledged movie out of it based on the reaction to that 10 minute video oh that's great that's that's very yeah. cool it, yeah. it really reminds me of uh, of a show it was i think it's called heroes where... Hero. okay i know what you're talking about yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's it, individuals with special special gifts mm-hmm. and each uh, have their their own unique gifts mm-hmm. yeah and work you're right together. it is yeah now that i think but yeah it, it is like that where it's not like superman like over the top all these superpowers and mm-hmm. stuff it's more grounded um yeah i think uh do you know neil blumkamp the director he did uh, uh, District uh, Nine. I, I I do. Uh, okay. Go on. Yeah, I was gonna say he does. He's been doing something similar like that too. I forget the name of the studio, um, mm-hmm. but they've been doing stuff like that where they've been putting out uh, 15, 20 minute long short films on YouTube. I think they have like six of them, maybe. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly. Uh, we watched a couple of them. They're actually pretty interesting, but nice. they're more. The one we watched is broken into three parts, which he could either spread into like a TV series or a movie. And I think what he tries to do again is that is they post these segments up onto, onto YouTube and they're using that basically as their pitch to, to production houses where it's like, Hey, this is our idea. If you want to pick this up, we can talk and make, you know, feature films or we can make uh, TV series out of them. Have you, do you see that as like a viable way for people to, you know, people that might be more interested in getting started to sort of pitch it, their ideas on like a more broad s- spectrum as opposed to going door to door. It's definitely much more viable than what the Wachowskis did when they went with an entire film 
at their pitching meeting and uh, said, uh, <laughs> we, we want to do this, but this is anime. We want to do it in real life with real actors. And, and that mm-hmm. was their pitch for The Matrix, the Matrix which yeah. worked. I mean, you know, it, yeah. it did work. But having like uh, little segments with actual, uh, um, let's say, refined product ideas in a visual form, uh, yeah, that, that does sound like uh, the, mm-hmm. the way to, to yeah. have pitch meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds good to me. I mean, if someone came to us with an actual product and showed it to us, look, this is what I've made. Please excuse the cardboard and paper clips, you know, and the effects. <laughs> we, we wouldn't mind yeah. at all. Like, we, yeah. we would be more interested in what the story is, what the actual yeah. uh, outcome wants to be. I mean, if you think about it, uh, Bob Zemeckis uh, went to Spielberg with uh, papers and, you know, drawings and was like, I want to make Back to the Future. This is what it looks like. You know, mm-hmm. so that worked back then. Now, you know, in, in the future, we are definitely going to see a, an improvement on pitch meetings. Mm-hmm. Kind of shifting focus here with all of the coronavirus lockdowns, and everything like that movie theaters are severely suffering, at least especially around here, uh, just because they're yeah. closed out. It's just it's very difficult to to get in. We have some drive in theaters. I don't think they're super common, uh, mm-hmm. like globally, necessarily. Um, do you see perhaps movies going to like DVD, Blu-ray, like streaming only, like that sort of thing, or just as opposed to having a big launch at theaters and then releasing, do you see that possibly shifting towards, you know, just like digital disc release only? Mm Personally, I think the cinema will always be there because it is more than just necessarily the uh, movie. It is the feeling of enjoying it in it's an true. environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's also similar to like, why would you watch? Here's a perfect example. Why would you watch Hamilton on uh, on your home screen um, when they're actually acting it out on uh, on stage? Yeah, it's a different atmosphere. It's a different feeling. Different energy. To, yeah, mm-hmm. you you feel more of. Um, uh, of a connection both with the actors on stage and the the story being built in front of you rather than through the monitor. It is very sad what's going on with uh, the virus now and the fact that it affects so many uh, industries, including the entertainment one. Yeah. Uh, and we, we just hope that things will get back to normal soon. Uh, and hopefully it, it won't change how people see entertainment as being necessary uh, in their lives, as well as uh, the the old way of, of going, yeah. you know, like, since like, ancient I, Greeks, you know, went to the yeah. theater. I mean, that's not going to change. Yeah, exactly. I, like, I, I genuinely think that when everything <laughs> will uh, will get back to to normal and the whole coronavirus will be dealt with, um, I think it's actually going to be a boom in the cinematic in the mm-hmm. cinema uh, lineup. Okay. So yeah, I think that's uh, that's still going to be around. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do see, like, um, I know with Tenet, Christopher Nolan held off on that for a while. And I think he opened it in some theaters, uh, maybe in Europe or something like that. I'm not entirely sure. But that, mm-hmm. the the Bond movie coming out, 007, uh, mm-hmm. they've held off on that because they want to wait to release that until it was, uh, they held out. I think they might be releasing it all digitally next year. Um, but they wanted to hold off because they wanted that big opening weekend in theaters because uh, like you said, it, it is about the experience as well. It is different as opposed to watching it on your, your TV at home as it, 
instead of being at the theater and having the big rumbling speakers uh it's it's darker and you know the giant screen it's completely different yeah yeah we we agree with that uh with the idea that you know certain movies have to be experienced in the cinema and it's it's fine commercial wise commercially wise it's fine if you release them digitally but ultimately they should probably re-release them in the cinema afterwards and you know, nobody yeah. says they cannot do a re-release yeah no it's it is interesting it's weird to me that they say that too that they can't just put it in theaters afterwards mm-hmm. because yeah. i don't know how it is everywhere else but i know like a lot of times too they will re-release movies in theaters that are like fairly old like i know my girlfriend's a huge fan of the of titanic the movie titanic mm-hmm. they re-released that i think two or three times they were i know they did it in 3d and i think they did it for like one of the anniversaries of it um avatar was another one i mean i know they can definitely do it why they don't all the time i have no idea um but especially with these big movies that might be losing out because of the lockdowns they could absolutely do that uh once everything gets opened back up it um, could even be an advantage to them. You know, you just gather movies and when everything's yeah. back to normal again, you have a huge selection then. A huge yeah. library of unreleased movies mm-hmm. cinema-wise. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you this too. What is a goal that you have? Not necessarily like a specific idea for a feature, but what's a, what's a goal you have as far as something you want to work on or like a a project that you want to do, but you might not be able to do right now. Do you have any things like that that you kind of hope to get to at some point, maybe? Uh, Cities in the Air, our uh, steampunk post-apocalyptic adventure. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has 12 episodes. We managed to launch the first one, and we were in full post-production for the second one. Uh, And production as well. We still had a few shots to film, and we had to stop. Yeah, we we had to stop. We had to postpone. And um, uh, Lovecraft was actually our uh, summer silent series has uh, as well a couple mm-hmm. of episodes but we cannot continue them because of the pandemic mm-hmm. and we're looking forward to to finishing these two big series on the yeah. on the serious side on the epic side as far as comedy goes uh, we are doing okay with sweater vest and regular yeah. tie we're uh, filming on a green screen in our studio Nice. And that works well for the comedy because, you know, the jokes matter and the situation itself, not the cinematography as much. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're safe with that. We're going to go with comedy for a while. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I know for us, one of us is we want to do something a little bit more long form. Uh, one, the couple, mostly the only stuff we've worked on are, are short skits. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a lot of it is just a matter. We got started right at the beginning of the year, right? Basically right when coronavirus really started picking up. So it was unfortunate mm. timing. So we've never been able to really get things uh, rolling like we had hoped for. Once things clear so up, we're, we're definitely going to... I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry sorry to hear. That was... Oh, yeah, no. I mean, it. we've we kind of switched our focus, which helped us out. But yeah, once everything clears up, I we definitely would like to do a lot more long-form stuff. Maybe like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, something like that. Not, nothing longer than that. But mm-hmm. it would... It would not only because it would be a challenge, which I would be excited for, but it's something different. It's something new for us, which I, mm-hmm. I would really, I would not only would I enjoy like working on it and doing it, but I think it would be exciting just to to be able to say that we did it. You know, mm-hmm. we're actually interested and we'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, we yeah, wish yeah, you we'll best s- of luck. Please share with us your your creations. We'd love Definitely. to see them. Yeah, yeah. It's like I said, we. <laughs> 
right now it's not going so well over here in the in the u.s if you haven't heard <laughs> so it might be a bit we might have heard a little bit yeah. just a little bit yeah most people aren't really talking about it but you know it's a it's a thing <laughs> in europe is fine we're yeah. totally fine <laughs> you know that meme with a dog and burning yeah. everywhere this, this is, is fine. fine it's just fire yeah. all around yeah it's exactly, exactly. what it's like <laughs> yeah we uh we were getting things started i had it was it's weird because we i had designed i had the idea for the brand i designed it last year like maybe september of last year i got the branding started i got everything taken care of uh, i got our merchandise shops and everything up like i got all of the branding and awareness stuff before we actually launched anything we didn't have anything mm-hmm. to promote but i got it all ready in advance just so we'd be able to like hit the ground running and mm-hmm. we got started with that and then we're like all right cool we're gonna do the podcast first just to kind of personality wise get that stuff forward and then yeah. the the lockdowns happen it's like oh geez this could not have come at a worse time for us and so because we weren't able to travel really we switched to streaming like we did gaming content on uh mm-hmm. on twitch and my coworker actually never stopped working like he uh he he works outside and uh doing like construction related stuff so it didn't really affect him too much he hasn't He's actually worked more. He's got a lot of overtime because of uh, the way things have been going. But I, uh, I did not. I got sent home. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, from April until no- the middle of November, I was home every day. And so I was like, perfect. This, this helps with the. It gives me time to work on everything. So I was streaming basically every other day, and mm-hmm. we we did pretty well. I'm I'm really happy with it. We built up. We hit partner. Uh, we have couple thousand followers we had a number of subscribers and i'm happy with what we had it was way more than i expected Um, that's brilliant congrats thank you thank you yeah and i it helped i the thing that i was really happy with is we were able to get a bit of a community going which i really appreciated because that's really the groundwork of of entertainment is you have to have people there to to interact with the content otherwise it's kind of being sent out in the void you know yeah yeah we we totally get it. The community yeah. is at the end of the day the heart and soul of the entire uh, channel. Oddly, <laughs> oddly enough, for us it was kind of a little bit backwards. We've been making movies uh, for about uh, twelve years now, I think, or fourteen, nice. something like that. Yeah, somewhere uh, along those lines. But we never thought of advertising. We were just, you know, we're happy. We're making films. People watch them. They're happy. You know, very small community. When people mm-hmm. find us, they'll find us, and that was kind yeah. of our uh, our approach. Yeah, but now we're we're getting bigger. We're making more and more stuff, and we're getting definitely uh, better and better reviews. Uh, and our equipment is better, so we thought, you know, let's let's, let's, let's... tap into what our audience is like. Like, let's actually mm-hmm. form it properly. And yeah. uh... we have a Discord server now, official. We're nice. very proud of that. <laughs> it took thirty minutes to make. We're super proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, so yeah, uh, yeah, and and the people over there are so fantastic. So many wonderful creators from digital art, photography. Uh, we also have some streamers in there. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a very yes. fun and creative community. Shout out yeah, to our community, to yeah, our popcorns. We love, we love all <laughs> our popcorns over there. <laughs> no, the building a community is is by far my favorite part about all of it. Because when we first started having those same couple of people start popping in every day to the stream, it, I felt so good about it. Because I was like, oh my god, we have 
like people like to talk to all the time and that are, we know are invested in in us or the content and it was it was so much fun and like you were saying like we have a, a very uh talented community we had uh one of our members was making a bunch of like uh emojis and stuff and mm-hmm. she's doing all sorts of artwork for us and it was uh, we have we have a real blast with them they're they're all fantastic um <laughs> but yeah you mentioned you never really thought about advertising your con your uh your content for us that was like one of the main things i thought about not necessarily because i wanted to just forcibly build up an audience it was more of I work in advertising for a living. So it was something I was like, oh, I know how to do this. Let me just get this done as like a, an added thing. Um, that, and you had also mentioned your equipment got better. How long have you been improving your equipment? For years now, I imagine, right? Yeah, for yeah, years. I mean, we just bought a new microphone a couple of weeks ago. We, yeah. we keep improving nice. on it. Uh, all the time we're looking for uh, software updates, technical updates, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. new props, new ideas, new oh, makeup yeah. props as well. Like we, we always are thinking, what's the next project going to need? How can we make it better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, including on the instrumental parts, we are investing in new instruments. We are both musicians. Nice. We we work. Uh, our soundtrack we wolf is a one-man band in every meaning of the term <laughs> oh why like... thank you brother you're welcome <laughs> brother. Uh, mihai is a one-man <laughs> prop department he makes brilliant stuff he's the adam savage of the family nice uh, yeah <laughs> we're we're really trying to to do our best to improve the the presentation of the stories to make yeah. them also uh modern i would say or not necessarily yeah. modern but more like uh easier for a more accessible audience i, I guess that would be okay. nice uh, let's let's use the word pretty they're prettier now <laughs> there you go it's simpler <laughs> yeah we've we've always focused on improving the quality of what we're doing and that all that involved a lot of learning and working with a ton of software a ton of materials and marketing was kind of left a little bit on the you know off the table like we'll get to it eventually uh, only recently have we actually started properly promoting what we do mm-hmm. um, on social yeah. media, everywhere we could. And we invested on that, especially with the help of our patrons. Shout out to our patrons. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, and we're just trying to do everything we can in order to provide a little bit of of a spark of hope in, in these mm-hmm. terrible times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we... Uh... It's taken me, I think, 12 to 13 years probably to just get my equipment to where it is now. Like, it started out 2000, I don't know, six maybe, something like that, where I just had a a little digital camera and I didn't even have a tripod. I just took a bunch of boxes and books and stuff and I kept stacking them up on top of a my little office chair and I stacked it up so it was the correct level and I would sit there and film using that. Um, and eventually yeah. it worked up where I was able to get a tripod and I was like all excited. I'm like, yeah. And yeah, then, we know the first the tripod, first tripod yeah. is always the best tripod. Right yeah. of passage right there. <laughs> well, the, the, for the first tripod ended up breaking and I had been given a telescope at some point. I don't remember how old I was, but I took the telescope itself off of the telescopes tripod and I kind of used like tape and I don't even know what else. And I was able to kind of wedge the camera into this telescope's tripod and i used that <laughs> while i was able to while i worked to get another one uh eventually Smart. yeah brilliant 
yeah, eventually I was able to get like an actual uh, higher quality camera. And then eventually I got better, uh, uh, an actual microphone, which I've since given to my co-host. And I, I got a, a new Shure SM7B microphone with a new arm, better mm-hmm. webcams, just green screens, lighting rigs, all sorts of stuff. It's, it's a slow build, but I feel like a lot of people go into it thinking, all right, what's the best stuff I can get right at the start? And I feel like it's not worth the money right up front if you're not really sure about what you're going to do with it or if you don't know how to use it. It's kind of... Yeah, yeah exactly. And it is it is very important to keep in mind that sometimes what you want to do mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily require the best of the best on the market. Like, for sure. example, yeah. Our, yeah. our equipment um, is specifically for our needs yeah so like the camera is not the, for... the top of the line or red epic or whatever it's, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. it's it specifically has what we need to do the things we want one yeah. of the aspects that all the reviewers have talked about is the fact that we are able to use uh very very few resources and maximize their potential mm-hmm. uh, the, the end result mm, kind of looking a little bit the Hollywoodish, many have, have used this <laughs> <Yeah>. word. <laughs> so we have that's with a quote. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, we have received many wonderful compliments from from people. Mm-hmm. Honest compliments of of, uh, of they realizing how much work we put into our movies and our. So we, we completely relate to to you and your experience because we also think we we need just to focus on what we want to make, not so much the equipment itself. Exactly. Yeah. It's I mean, part of the journey at the end of the day. You need to actually start from somewhere a bit smaller to see, okay, I want you to go in this direction. I want mm-hmm. to improve that. I, I need yeah. a better microphone than a camera or vice versa. I need a better camera than a microphone. Exactly. And so on. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I was going to say too, just even ha- no matter what equipment you have, if you don't know how to use it or how you want to incorporate it necessarily, mm-hmm. it, it's not going to work if you don't know what you're going to want to do with it or how to use it even. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, a, right. I, I, when I, even the microphone I use now, when I got it, I was like, all right, I have uh, a mixing box now. Like, I, I got a mixer for it. I had this all set up. And I was like, all right, first time using this, I better learn quick. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's interesting. Do you, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you there. Mm, sorry, no, I said we get it. Yeah, we, we oh, are yeah. fully supporting your experiences. <laughs> yeah. So... Is I was gonna ask you, oh, what was I gonna say? The, uh, the as far as equipment goes, is that if you don't ever need necessarily need new equipment, is that something you ever focus on, or do you feel like as you grow your audience and and your brand in general, are you gonna? Is that something you're gonna look towards? Like, hey, maybe let's upgrade this because it'll give us uh, this bit of quality here, or are you always gonna focus on like the story first, and then if the revenue comes in, maybe focus on upgrading equipment, like kind of what's always your approach to that? It's always a story. Always yeah. a story yeah. Because um, if we do want to improve a scene in a certain way, that's mm-hmm. the moment where we realize, okay, we need that upgrade. How do we get it as fast as possible for I this see. particular okay. shot? Okay, mm-hmm. let's go buy it. Let's do whatever. Mm-hmm. But if it's not necessary, we, we won't bat an eyelid. eyelid. We're just focusing on the story itself and the, the best way we can tell it just because the camera would be, I don't know, like Mihai said, a, a red Epic or some mm-hmm. super extra fancy equipment. Uh, 
that that matters so much less for us yeah outside of the equipment itself what's something you've had to learn in order to uh to to make the the content like maybe acting wise or uh i'm not really sure where else it it would be but like what's something you've you've realized oh i don't know how to do this we have to learn how to do this like what's something maybe multiple things you've come across where you've had to do that well, uh, let's start with, with the acting part. We've always enjoyed bouncing off each other when it comes to acting. We always mm-hmm. mm, interpret diverse characters, even in the house casually, like uh, yeah. experimenting different voices, experimenting different characters. That and was a constant training. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's how we, we train on that. When it comes to... Um, Props, for example, um, okay. I have to basically adapt to the resources I, I have at my disposal. Like mm-hmm. we need something like similar to glasses. Okay, let's see what what I have in oh, my. How can we make glasses? Okay, I need to learn. Yeah. What do glasses uh, contain? What do, mm-hmm. what do what glasses can... contain? What do glasses contain? <laughs> Today on how it's made. <laughs> glasses. Have uh, you guys? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. Uh, that was uh, the the main idea. We we just take things apart prop wise and try to reconstruct them with, with what we have. I so I can appreciate that. I I love doing that in like not even with recorded like filming anything, just in day to day life. Like when I got when we got our first apartment, we had like prom like stuff pops up, you know, like oh the the toilet doesn't work, oh something's wrong with the sink. Where mm. that's literally what I did. Where I I would see like all right. I would kind of like work backwards from the problem. Like I wouldn't solve the problem right away. I would work backwards. I'm like, all right, I'm going to shut the water off. I'm going to take this apart and hopefully I can put it back together one piece. And in the process, maybe I'll fix the issue, which so far has worked. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's basically uh, my approach as well. So big thumbs up to you on that one, because (laughs) it's always the best thing to do in any given situation. Learn how something is, is working see what the problem is, deconstruct it, reconstruct it, see if it works. Mm-hmm. Um, on my side, uh, I, your question kind of takes me a little bit on the directorial side of things because I had to learn a, a very interesting lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, actors usually need different types of inputs from the okay. director. So we sometimes work with professional actors. We sometimes work with friends. Mm-hmm. So that, that doesn't mean they're not professional, but they're not, you know, from a career-wise perspective, yeah. they're not actors. Uh, so we had to give them different inputs. Like for an actor, you can tell them, please cry, and they start crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a friend on the set, uh, please cry. <laughs> How do I do that? Well... And you have to take them step by step. You know, would you like to try method acting? Would you like to try? So that's uh, one thing we've always we've always enjoyed um, working together with our actors on set to Mm -hmm. to create a scene. Um, Whether it is just telling them we need this out of you, like just go all out and they do it, or it's a build up. It's an actual okay. How? Why? Where am I looking? How do I react? Mm -hmm. Emotional Mm -hmm. layering. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever have you ever had have you ever been giving someone feedback and them not take it well like maybe they get upset? We've had certain 
actors that were more difficult to work with okay. in certain yeah, situations. But, but not on the set, as far as I remember. Yeah, I mean, we always we always the uh, casting take, is solid. Yeah, we mm-hmm. always take first uh, a sort of acting test to see how they act. We introduce them to the script, mm-hmm. like a table reading, but with okay. also a bit of motion involved with movement. Okay. Uh, we try to see if they play nice with the other actors. It's important <laughs> for us to have a very nice mood on our set. On our set, we mm-hmm. don't shout, we don't scream, we don't have you know anger issues. Or the actors are having fun. We're having fun. There's a lot of work. We're all incredibly Focusing tired. On what we have at, to do at yeah. the end of yeah. the day. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we like to pick and choose our crew, and mm-hmm. that's very important to us. I'd rather have someone who is not the best actor, but is a very good human rather than the other way around. Yeah. I know I've seen it too on a lot of like behind the scenes stuff on TV shows that maybe ran for like five or six years where they, at the end of it, they're like sad to see each other go because they've kind of grown as a family. Do you get that sort of vibe a lot of times on, on sets by the end? Uh, yeah, people. but we're we're so we're so connected with them that even when the movie is finished mm-hmm. and we've uh, we've launched it, we're already thinking, okay, let's make part two, or okay, let's what other project? project. Uh, let's uh, yeah. yeah, we we always keep in touch and we always try to see uh, what is the next thing we we want to do. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. we befriend our crew. That's very important to us because yeah. we 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 like them and they're they're beautiful people. We are very fortunate to be able to work with them. So we never really part ways. I mean, nice. in Christmas cards and all that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That, I imagine that can help in the long run too. If you're if you're trying to find people to help you on another project, they're probably more likely to come back since you get along with them. They're more receptive yeah. to yeah. feedback and they especially if you work together a lot, they're already they already have the understanding of what it is you're looking for, perhaps. Exactly. exactly, like and like how uh, how Wolf said, uh, Wana Berbeck, one of our actresses, um, mm-hmm. she came to us saying, "Guys, I want to film with you again. I mm-hmm. don't care what. Just put me in a, one of your movies." Yeah, again. that that was yeah. that was was her actual message to us. Yeah, <laughs> she she said, "I don't care what. Just put me in one of your movies. We have three months to do it." Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've always enjoyed uh, getting to know our actors and creating a positive atmosphere on the set. Yes, even in tense storytelling moments, like when when there's a conflict, we always make sure that the actors are okay. We we're okay. Mm-hmm. We can first, yeah, always. we we can be um, uh, all friendly and calm afterwards. And if if the story uh, goes well, that's the that's the best part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want a uh, Christian Bale moment where somebody starts screaming on no. set. We're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> Um, so we're getting we're about 45 minutes in here we'll wrap up in about 15 minutes if that's okay sure Um, what for for people that are interested in getting started and they they might have equipment and they might have ideas how would you recommend people go about uh, maybe getting actors and and people to help them with their their product maybe say it's like one person has these ideas how would you recommend they go about getting people to be involved with their projects uh well if they want to go the professional route mm-hmm. um, casting set up casting sessions make sure to have snacks it's polite <laughs> <laughs> uh 
but uh, if they want to start out like we did, uh, just start asking your friends, your mm, colleagues uh, in school. We, we started in school. So we just went to, to people we didn't know and went like, hey, you look like, insert character, character here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you like to play this character? And uh, people are intrigued. They're very open to, to do this. Uh, it's, it's a nice experience. It's, it's something that it's it's not as often as one would uh, one would think you know encountering this this opportunity i mean mm. it, it beats going to a party it really does you're you're <laughs> on the set you're eating snacks and you have some lines and you're going to see yourself in a month on the screen it's, it's yeah cool. it's a very cool feeling when you when you embark on this journey with with someone mm-hmm. yeah especially since you have snacks food is the best way to get me to do anything <laughs> perfect excellent yes yeah the yeah, next no, casting <laughs> yeah as far as far as you said that you were basically a one-man band like how do you go about putting the music together uh that's my brother's department he is the yeah. fantastic music creator of the family yeah, you're you're very kind sir thank you <laughs> um well it, it all depends on the mood of the scene of the mm-hmm. film uh sometimes i just uh sit in front of the the piano and try to find the right tunes the right notes for different characters themes i grew up playing a lot of adventure games like uh, monkey okay. island the secret of monkey oh, island, okay. uh, day of the tentacle and there are certain musical themes for certain characters so that's kind of my starting point my base for mm-hmm. for any uh, film soundtrack uh, and i just take it from there and i try to work on the piano at first and then transpose that to to other instruments to build up the orchestra nice do you have a particular program used to to edit it down in that you prefer uh, I, I work in uh propeller heads reason 9.5 uh as well as other programs depending on what i need cool edit pro which is a very very old piece of software but <laughs> it, it still holds up quite nicely for me um so it, it all depends on on what properties the sound yeah. can get from that software. Nice. Yeah, I, I I like audio. I like working around with audio. So I'm always I always ask people that work with it what they use because mm. I like trying out every program that people offer up to get a feel for everything. The reason is nice. Cubase. I I, I heard it's nice. Um, you you could try them. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. the best the best part about uh, all these programs is that you can actually try them and see uh, what you what you prefer mm-hmm. for example mm-hmm. when it comes trust. to video editing we work in two different programs yeah oh, okay. high works in uh, premiere i work in sony vegas or oh, nice. magic yeah, okay. it's now because it was bought off uh, sony i think yeah. uh, so we have uh, different different workflows different uh, work styles but mm-hmm. we aim for the same result yeah nice yeah we <laughs> especially for us we did a thing where we were recording gameplay and we had at the time i think we only had three people at the start and i think we ended up having five people at the end where we were recording a minecraft game and mm-hmm. i had to cut back and uh back and forth between everyone's point of view and when you have a lot of things like that it can uh it can be a bit difficult trying to not only watch all the different camera angles but then make figure out when to cut to each uh each person's point of view and i know we used i used i think final cut pro or final cut pro x i forget what i was using at the time for that because they have the multi-cam feature where 
you, I just pull up all the, the video at once and I just click on whichever one I want to go to, which was super, mm-hmm. super helpful. Um, when you're filming something, how, do you have, how many cameras do you have at once going? Just the one or do you have a couple angles to see what you want to work with? Uh, just the one. For just now. The, okay. Nice. Yeah. And we're trying to to work based on uh, on the mood of the scene. We we decide what kind of shots do we need if we need a close up. We have multiple lenses, so it depends on whether it is a, a wide shot or a close up shot. Mm-hmm. It, we mm-hmm. we adapt with the one camera. It's all about the feel with us, so we don't really need multiple cameras yet. I see. Okay. But yeah, if we ever film an explosion or something, we're gonna have to rent a, a secondary camera <laughs> or even a third one. Yeah, I, I have yet to use it because I never had a, not only because we never had anything to really make with it. There was an app I got a while back and it was called Double Take where it utilizes both cameras on my iPhone. So it films both at once and it cuts them together for you into mm-hmm. separate files. But it it's super useful because say you have two characters talking, but you want to get both of their, their faces at the same time. Instead of yeah. having two big cameras there, you can place the the phone between them, and it'll film both of them at once. And it's it was kind of neat to to see it at work, where it's it, it doesn't take up a lot of space, but it captures both sides of the of the discussion, which I found was really interesting. That is know, interesting. That sounds really cool. Is there? <laughs> I, I'm kind of going back to a comment on this. Have you ever made like a prop that you're really excited about? Like in specific, like in my mind, I made a breakaway table once that we had a lot of fun with. <laughs> nice. Oh man, that's so awesome. Um, we've made several props, but I can't really say I have one in particular I like because mm-hmm. I love all my all my children. <laughs> um, for example, in uh, Cities in the Air, there's a character called Caleb, and he has a very unique hat, mm-hmm. uh, a top hat. Um, and I really enjoyed making that one. It was very fun, very interesting to, to do. For another example, um, in our, our separate uh, show, Some Are Silent, there is mm-hmm. a item. I cannot say what it is because it's actually a significant spoiler. Spoiler. Okay. Um, where I actually took a part from a pipe and added clay to it and modeled modeled that clay so it looks like a tentacle. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Nice. It's a very unique prop, and <laughs> I really enjoyed making it because I could really play along with the details, and mm-hmm. it was just so much fun to make. He's really good at working in clay. He, he makes some really amazing stuff. Nice. Has there ever been an, a prop that you were that you used, but maybe you were a little worried about how, or maybe anything in general that you were doing that you were worried about, like the safety of it? Um, we're mostly concerned about the safety of our actors. Props mm-hmm. can be replaced. <laughs> I, I just meant, that's, well, that's what I'm referring to. Has there ever been a prop or something you've used where you were worried about the people using it maybe getting hurt? Or was it always, no, this is perfectly safety safe? Safety always. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. We're very boring when it comes to safety. We're very... <laughs> we, we, we did have a sword at one point that was pretty sharp. Um, it was uh, very interesting, very, you know, to... to <laughs> wield it and all but we were focused on uh, on keeping everyone safe and only using it for the specific scenes at most in mm. 14 years we only broke a light bulb with uh, nice. one of the <laughs> with one of the props so yeah that was, that was fun that was fun but nobody got hurt so that's nice. fine we, we're just very focused on on making people 
feel good on the set and for the audience itself we we love making people smile because you know when they smile like their entire face brightens up and for for a brief moment they forget their troubles mm-hmm. you know? that is that is what we're we're really aiming for we want to offer something good something pleasant even if it is like an action movie or a thriller movie or anything like that the end result the end feeling that the audience gets is very important for us and that's why we started that's why we wanted to make world brother cinema what it is i mean mihai is uh when when it comes to the professional side he's more on the film side uh, officially i finished psychology i i've always oh, been nice. drawn by the brain's ability to to heal through mm-hmm. laughter and i i really think that people have the ability of polishing their own character and improving themselves uh, by touching subjects and films that speak to them on a, on a different level mm-hmm. nice nice yeah no it's it's all i've always i've always loved film my girlfriend and i like we've we watch a lot of movies we also watch a lot of uh like v movies and stuff like that where it's they're purposefully they're like you're you know like the really like low budget horror movies like that sort of thing we like watching those because we just sit back and we we chuckle at them things like that mm-hmm. it's Enter, like film and just entertainment in general is is fantastic especially if you're stuck at home every day for the lockdowns and stuff it makes it can really get you through uh through a, d- a lot of different uh a lot of different times exactly yeah, yeah exactly. you're right yeah yeah awesome well we're right at the end here um why don't you guys go ahead and, and tell people where they can go to check out all of your stuff make sure oh, they thank you kindly um thank you for having us on your show absolutely and thank you so much for being like here to to invite you and everyone to go uh, to our YouTube channel, Wolf Brothers Cinema, or to our website, wolfbrotherscinema.com, and check out all our little uh, uh, corner of Discord. We have a Discord yeah. server for <laughs> all lovers of cinema, of movies, or if you just want to hang out, chat, see all the wonderful art that people post, and just enjoy the wonderful cinema ride become a popcorn (laughs) and have fun awesome awesome and links will be in the description as well so anyone listening uh or on on their website listening can click on the links in the description it'll take you right to there thank you guys so much for coming on this has been a ton of fun i love chat i love chatting about movies and behind the scenes and all sorts of stuff like that it's always a ton of fun thank you as well it was it It was was fantastic thank you so much for having us thank you thank you guys so much this has been episode 48 of the dead just productions podcast see everybody next time